0: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
1: Mobile hunters, are you still looking for a lightweight and comfortable option to fit your hunting style? Well, look no further than Tethered's Phantom Saddle. It's extremely comfortable and extremely adjustable to fit exactly the way you want to hunt. I think my favorite features of this new saddle are the comfort channels, which is where the bridge kind of locks into the saddle. There's no more kind of fidgeting, moving your saddle around to try to find the right spot and reduce hip pinch. This just kind of locks in exactly where it's supposed to be. It's an extremely comfortable sit. The other uh, option or aspect of the saddle that I really like is the Utila bridge. Oftentimes, you're in a tree putting your tether up, and you have a branch in the way, and so you're not at the right height, and it changes the angle of your bridge, which changes your comfort. Well, there's a Utila bridge now that the Phantom has, to where you can adjust that. So no more does it matter where exactly your tether height is, as you can adjust that length of your bridge uh, with the utility bridge itself. I think the other thing that helped me make the adjustment two years ago-ish when I transitioned to saddle hunting was the predator platform. If you're coming from a tree stand, a little bit of familiarity with having a platform uh, went a long way in just making me comfortable with my overall setups. So the Predator platform might be something you want to look into. If you're interested and you're still just kind of on the fence, you can go to tetherednation.com. And check out their teach and train sessions that they're doing in, in a bunch of towns uh, that are most likely near you. Um, they're doing these sessions to help you come out and get familiar with their gear, talk to some saddle hunters, and, and just kind of a, 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 exactly what it is. They're there to kind of teach you how to saddle hunt and how to get into it the, the, the best, the most comfortable way, and, and the safest way possible. So if you check out that tab on their website at tetherednation.com, teach and train. It'll show a bunch of locations. I'll be at the total archery challenge in seven Springs, August through uh, 20th through the 23rd. And I hope to see you guys there. The first thing I do in the morning before a hunt, before a scout, or just before getting ready for work is have my morning coffee, and I'm sure most of you out there listening are the same. Make sure you're filling your mug with Skull Brew Coffee, as it is the only coffee company that is both 2% for conservation certified and donates 10% of its profits to conservation organizations to help secure the future of our wild places. So head to skullbrewcoffee.com and choose between three killer roasts of coffee, and know that you are supporting conservation with every sip. Welcome to the Truth From The Stand Deer Hunting Podcast brought to you by Skull Brew Coffee Company. I'm your host, Clint Campbell, and you're listening to episode number 185. Today I'm joined by Chris Derrick of Sitka Gear, and we're talking new gear and saddle hunting. So stay tuned. What is up everyone? Happy Wednesday to you. Hope you're doing well. Hope you are feeling fine. Happy belated 4th. I think I may even wished you a happy 4th in the previous podcast, but I hope you all enjoyed the uh the 4th of July holiday. In full transparency, I am recording this before prior to the weekend of the 4th of July because I will be headed out of town for a for a quick trip to my dad's in the Carolinas, do a little R&R by the pool, hang out with the old man, spend a little time with him. A uh, little family time, so that those are in my cards, or that's what's in my cards here for the next for the next week. But I wanted to make sure they got an episode out for you guys uh, to enjoy while you're lounging, maybe sipping a beverage, maybe making sure that you uh, retain all of your phalanges. I think that's what you call fingers. I think that's the term for fingers. Maybe it's toes, but if you're lighting fireworks with your toes, make sure you keep those too. Uh, but uh cool show today, just a couple quick updates, you know, nothing crazy has happened since the last time that we, that we spoke, nothing as far as the uh, update is related to the, you know, the trailer or pulling cards or anything like that. I'm probably going to be doing my card pools when I get back from the fourth, because uh, at that point, uh, most of them, except for maybe a handful of them will have been soaking for uh, a month, or the better part of a month. At least the first ones that I put out will have been set for uh for, for a month. The water access ones. So I'm going to be headed out to check those out when I get back. Uh, probably that first weekend, as long as the weather's permitting. Um, hopefully we get a little bit of rain. It'd be nice to check them in just a little bit of rain to keep my uh, to keep my scent down. But uh, so that's the plan for for those. So I'm I'm looking forward to those two pools specifically. Actually, I'm looking forward to all the pools because I think I have a couple pretty decent setups. Uh, the one setup that I have, uh, I'm running a cell camera on. It's it's pretty clear to me. You know, all the sign in there in the off season was um, what I thought was probably rut related. There was a ton of a ton of rubs and there were a ton of scrapes, and um, and, that, and and what's kind of holding true is that there the reason for that sign is there are a lot of does bedded in that area. Um, I'm getting a ton of does on camera. I got the first as soon as I put the camera out. I got a uh, I think it was like three velvet bucks on camera and really couldn't tell like whether or not either any of them were were going to become anything worth you know that I was going to be willing to chase one of them looks like it has potential but they've not shown back up since I put that camera in there they could just be skirting it that's that's a possibility but also there there's a there's a mom and two fawns that are frequenting that frequenting that area uh even you know especially during daylight so I feel like they're probably living in there close by so those bucks probably uh moved out or probably aren't spending a whole lot of time there but that bodes well for whenever, you know, that pre-rut and, you know, rut time period kind of, kind of kicks in. I think that that spot's going to be, going to be a hot spot. As far as the DIY trailer goes, uh, nothing crazy has happened. I don't think since I did the last uh, record, I put the uh, chimney in uh, on the, on the heating system, got that all sealed up, did a little bolt through support for the E-tracks for, for the hammock system that's in there. And then today, actually, I went out. Now that we've had a couple nice hard rains, I went and checked all my seals, especially around the chimney and stuff like that, uh, making sure that we're still watertight. We're good to go on that. And then I actually hooked up uh, the propane, fired it up, and um, you know connected the twelve volt a uh, twelve volt adapter that I had bought to connect to the fan that is on the heater. And then ran that into the solar generator and kind of powered it all up and let it run for like maybe fifteen minutes just to make sure the fan was going to work. You know the blower on it was working. And just making sure that we had a good seal on the stovepipe um, on the heater. And so all things are good to go there. So that system is in and ready to rock. The last couple things will be just uh, solar panels. And uh, I do need to cut a window into this because this heater throws some serious heat. And I'm afraid even on low that it might be a little bit more heat than I need. So I'm going to need a... uh, I was, I was wanting to put a window in anyway, but I'm going to definitely need to have a window in this thing just to be able to help regulate the heat. Just, to, just a little bit is what I'm kind of feeling unless we get some crazy cold temperatures, but you know, I've, I've been kind of lucky. Well, not last year, it was crazy cold, but, um, usually I get a couple decent days in, in a two week span of time and then a handful of cold days. So I, I definitely need a window to help regulate a little bit of the heat on those, on those abnormally warmer days that we have in, uh, that We have in November, but I'm going to keep this up front short uh, as I'm doing this in the middle of the week and have a few other things I need to catch up on before we kind of get ready to head out on the on on the family vacation. But I uh, have a cool show for you today. I have my buddy Chris Derek on from Sitka Gear and Chris. Uh, he, I did a podcast with him just about a year ago. i probably going to become somewhat of an annual thing. Um, just whenever Sitka starts to release new gear, have Chris back on. And even, you know, prior to that, cause Chris is just a good dude. Um, but he's the Whitetail product line manager for Sitka gear. Um, and they have some new stuff coming out this year. And so I wanted to have him on to kind of talk about the gear that they have coming out. There's a couple pieces that I really, really like that we'll get into. We're going to focus a lot on the packs that they have coming out this year. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a pack guy. It's one of the things I have a a bunch of, um, and the reason being is that I'm always trying to find the right pack for the job, right? And and I think for mobile hunters specifically, it's like you're always looking for the thing that can carry the things that you need, but isn't too big, isn't too bulky, it is lightweight, and so on and so forth. It's that kind of never ending quest to be as mobile and as efficient as possible. And they have, and Sitka is coming out with a pack this year that I think is like the thing that will keep me from looking and trying additional packs. So they have three packs coming out this year, um, which are all killer and really good for mobile hunters, just depends if you're using a saddle stand or what, what your situation is, they kind of have a pack for any of those, any of those options. And then they had some updates. The one thing I, uh, and I, I mentioned this in the record with Chris, but the one thing I really love and appreciate about what Sitka does, I've been wearing it for years. Um, it's the best gear that I've ever owned and used. Um, you know, what sells me on that stuff is not just like the whitetail gear that the layering systems and how smart it is that the way they put it together and like where the pockets are and just all those details that they kind of go over. But what the telltale for me is, is when I put on a, a company's rain gear and how effective their rain gear is, because that is the always without fail, the one product or the one article of clothing or the one piece of apparel, no matter what hunting gear I've worn in the past, whether it was either hunting specific or even outside the hunting category, the rain gear always failed. Or if it didn't fail at the beginning, it just didn't last as long as you would have liked it to. I'm going on, I think, four years of using the same rain gear, Sitka rain gear that I've had, and it still works. And it's the only thing that I've found that actually have kept has kept me bone dry. So even when I first started wearing Sitka, that was the thing that kind of told me, aside from liking the other pieces of gear that they have, but once I was wearing their rain gear in torrential kind of downpours and was staying dry, I was like, I knew I kind of found the the um, you know the, the the gear I was going to be wearing, or the kit I was going to be wearing um, in terms of my whitetail and, and western hunting kit. Um, the other cool things that they came out with this year, just kind of speaking to the to the point of like their diligence of doing all their all their homework, is the, the R and D that they do is kind of ridiculous, man. I mean, they go they go next level as far as making sure that they're you know turning over every stone whenever they're developing a piece of gear. Um, you know, last year, you know, I used the fanatic pack last year and they did a, they came out with all the new fanatic stuff last year. Um, and they did a ton of stuff to quiet it and where they actually took it into like sound chambers and stuff like that and registered decibels that, you know, that, that the, the fabric, different fabrics were creating and how far these decibels would travel and, and at what frequencies do deer pick up certain sounds? I mean, they just go to like the science end of the research. And make sure that the gear is going to be effective. And they did the same thing for this year. They got some really cool adaptations, and people might overlook it, um, but they got some cool adaptations to like the the Stratus jacket this year uh, with the hood, with the with the hearing ports, the the beanies. People might laugh, and I'm like, the beanie is one of my favorite pieces that I, that that I had a chance to put my hands on and check out because it's that constant flipping up of the, of the flaps of your beanie to try to be able to hear. Um, and you're kind of battling whether or not you're going to have a cold neck and cold ears and be able to hear, or are you going to leave your flaps down and not be able to hear as well, but you know, remain warm and keep the cold off your neck. And they solve that by putting hearing ports into the beanies themselves and just in general things that are, that are covering your head, whether it's the stratus beanie or whether it's the fanatic beanie. So really cool show today to go through all this gear. I appreciate Chris coming on. We also talk a little saddle hunting because Chris, uh adopted saddle hunting uh last year and last year was his first year hunting out of the saddle and he actually killed out of it and i'll let him tell that story because uh he he may or may not have been in my in my home state so with that we'll go ahead and jump into the podcast and as always i want to thank you all for listening all right folks welcome back to another episode of the truth from the stand deer hunting podcast and today i'm pretty stoked for today's episode as as a lot of you folks out there listening know i uh i do fancy myself some hunting gear um, anytime I get a chance to talk hunting gear, I get pretty excited about it. And it's all actually also kind of signifies to me the beginning of hunting season. When I kind of start looking at my gear and tweaking it and thinking about it, um, it makes me think of fall and knowing that, you know, archery season is right around the corner. And today I have on my buddy, Chris Derek from Sitka gear, and we're going to be talking about all things, uh, Sitka gear and what they have coming out here this summer. That's new in the lineup. But before we jump into that, Chris, how you doing, buddy? Doing very well.
2: How are you doing?
1: I'm good, man. I'm uh, I'm I'm hanging in there. You know, it's uh, I'm getting. I'm not gonna lie, man. Like checking out some of this new gear got me a little excited. My wife might be a little upset with uh, with the arrival of some new interesting things because then it just kind of snowballs into um, mass hysteria for me and <laughs> and uh, and obsessing over deer <laughs> hunting months in advance of the actual season hitting. So she says thank you for that. <laughs>
2: we're happy to help My right. wife does the same thing you need all these things <laughs> right exactly need them all. exactly that's what i say
1: she's like there's not one thing you could possibly part with i'm like no it's like what happens if i need it like one day five years from now then i have it you know but uh before we jump into that man i wanted to start off first with i was i follow you on instagram of course and i saw some alpaca shearing happening like what's are you raising alpacas like you are you are you got a side hustle with uh, with alpaca with with alpacas going on
2: i would call it just pet project uh um we decided we bought like a, a, a piece of property and it's got a lot of pasture land on it and i was like hey you want to raise alpacas the wool is really i mean it's like finer than the merino and all this other good stuff and we were like okay yeah let's go play with that and so we bought seven uh so we've got seven females um from uh, an operation here that's actually the biggest sentinel ranches uh, outside of bozeman and manhattan uh they have um you know a big 300 head operation oh wow you know and they run it like a cattle ranch like he's shearing their family shearing uh and then they also even like turn them into meat later on mm-hmm. uh, so it's like a full cycle uh solution and we so we bought got some from them and we have we know at least one on the way and so you know it's just it's kind of a neat thing to do and and be able to learn and i I get to learn a little bit more about wool as i go through this so uh, not only from like putting it into our products but actually growing some of it ourselves
1: right yeah that's awesome and it looked like it was was a, a a ribbon winner a ribbon winning alpaca does that is that did i read that right
2: yeah, we bought uh one of the ones we got was that one that they used to show uh and so uh I forgot what her name like was Isidore but my wife, you know, uh renamed her Lola after that song. <laughs> her name
3: was Lola.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so So uh, that's uh now she's the name Lola.
1: Nice. That's awesome. And I see that you're also I mean you got all kinds of stuff going on out there at the at the Derrick Ranch. Man, you got a you got a bee colony started now too, right? That's that's risky business in my book. Yeah, I,
2: well, I've been raising bees since for almost a decade now, hmm. um, and so I used to live in South Carolina, and I came here to, to, to take um, this position with Dica on, on re, you know, on on being a specialist on whitetail. But I found when I came here, I I didn't change my ways, and so when I first bought some colonies here, I kind of approached it like I did in South Carolina. And the wonderful mm. thing about being in South Carolina, you can be very lazy. We right. so have All year they can come out of the hives and, you know, but here, no. And so my first year I, I basically starved both my hives, um, okay. cause I, wasn't uh, supplementing them the right way. So, uh, I, I decided, uh, my neighbor, uh, Leif was like, Hey, I got some extra colonies. You want, you want to buy some? And I was like, yeah, I'll take two. So nice. Uh, so we started. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Nice. It's something I've always kind of wanted to dabble in because we have a couple family properties that nobody lives on. And we basically just, you know, I haven't hunted them in a few years, but you know my father-in-law and then my dad, you know, they, they each hunt each kind of property or whatever they, that they own. And it's some acreage, but, you know, there's plenty of grassland and fields and, you know, there's hay fields and stuff like that and clover fields and so forth. And I always wanted to have like some bee colonies because it was like the perfect place to do it. And I thought it'd just be really cool to do. However, I am slightly allergic to bees, so it may not be a good, <laughs> it may not be a great endeavor for just, <laughs> for me to get into.
2: You just need a four hundred dollar epipen, I guess, on you at all times, so, right? Um, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, my brother, though, see, he he does it in Virginia, and he he's like a whisper. So, like, I'm a, I I'll fully admit I'm a hack. Mm-hmm. I'm a hack either. My brother, on the other hand, is a bee whisper. I mean he'd go out there with nothing on shorts and a t-shirt and just start digging through the hive. And like, if I tried to do that, something pheromone or whatever I give off, I always get tagged. I mean, I, I, one year we were, we were plowing a food plot for deer in South Carolina and I drove the tractor by and afterwards, like, I guess the frequency of the tractor going by uh, just made them go nuts. And they had marked me and it didn't matter if I was a hundred yards away, i was still getting tagged by bees. <laughs> they, they had literally marked me. Uh, so I, that's why I say, you know, I, I do it, but I, I'm not as good as other people at it, but right. it is a lot of fun. You get, you get lots of honey every year. So.
1: Yeah. That was kind of why I wanted to do it. it. was just so I could get my own, my own honey out of it. And you know, I, uh, um, I had a couple of bad run-ins with bees when I was a kid. Like we always had uh yellow jacket nest that would, you know, being in our ground in the, in the ground, you know, where I grew up and without fail every year. And I never knew they were, where they were going to be. We owned a decent track of land where I grew up and our yard was huge. Our yard was like the size of a football field. So when I'd be mowing it, it's like, who knows where the, you know, the, the, the beehive was. And I would inevitably run over it during the summer at some point and then just get lit up, you know, once a summer. So that was kind of what provided me my healthy fear of healthy fear of bees, but I love the honey. So I was willing to kind of make the gamble but I think I'll just go ahead and continue to get mine at the farmer's market. That's, that's about as close as I'll get. I'll think.
2: <laughs> I, I've got some uh, good leftover South Carolina honey. I'll see if I can roll together a jar and, and mail it to you. Ooh. It's like a stout. The stuff's so dark and chocolatey.
1: It's nice. So nice. I've nice. got a little of
2: that. left. The stuff, it never goes really bad. I, right. I don't know if you know that. So yep. It's, uh, it's, it's really
1: good. Nice. Well, let's turn our attention to whitetails here, man. I know you, uh, Last year, if I'm not mistaken, um, you were you spent a little bit of time in Pennsylvania and were successful. So how was your how was your season last year overall?
2: Uh, I mean, it was it was pretty good. I would say I I got to hunt some places. Um, I had a, a misfortune on uh, 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 not getting a, a deer in Alberta, but having a really nice one under me mm-hmm. um, just uh, 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 had had messed up a few few things and when i went to set my my release i i hit the trigger on the draw back so that was a pretty bad day that was a monster right. but i did go pa and um uh and i think last year you were the one that really got me talking about saddles for mm-hmm. the most part and i hadn't spent much time in it i was pretty skeptical um and so i wasn't sure about doing this and you wanted to talk about it and i was like. I'm not an expert in battle hunting yet, so yeah. I don't think I can. And so I really set out last year to learn a lot. And I have to say for mobile hunting, there's nothing better. If you're gonna do hanging hunts with these new Aider sticks that are out there, you can run in with three of those and the eighters and like a little tether platform and maybe eight pounds, under ten pounds. Yeah. And to get everything you need to get 20 feet in the air and it i tell you what for mobile hunting i i'm i'm all in on it I, you know if i've got stands on my tree on my club you know if i'm hunting into my hunting club or something i'm going to have a regular platform stands but right for mobile hunting saddle so
1: great. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I totally agree, man. It's like everything has its purpose, right? There's applications for 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 everything. And it's like the same thing with, with my dad. He only gets up to our property, you know, once, you know, a couple, you know, maybe he'll come up like once during archer season, once, once during rifle season. And so what I try to do is I try to set him locations, you know, there where I think he might get an opportunity, you know, because he's not he's not in it enough to where he needs a mobile a mobile setup or whatever and so i'll use some of my old you know the old stands that i've had to for him to kind of have and just set them and let them for him so he has a place to has a place to go but for mobile hunting you're right man i mean it's one of those things where you know for me i use two sticks and two and a five-step climbing and that's it you know what i mean and so my setup is really light and then we're going to talk about some of the stuff you guys have coming out which i was super super stoked on um that I think is going to fold into my kit really nicely. And, and then at the end, I'm going to kind of talk about how I set up my layering system too, to kind of fit that full, like mobile non bulky kind of setup in the, in the gear that I'm using for that. But what was the biggest adjustment for you, man, jumping into a saddle? Like what was the biggest thing that you had to kind of get used to?
2: Well, at the beginning I was thinking, how's it going to be for all day sets or long sets? Like what's it going to do my blood flow in the leg? Mm-hmm. And it was really, uh, not an issue i mean i did several all-day sits mm-hmm. um from the saddle um so that you know the one thing i'm gonna i would say is getting away from the tree there's two big challenges with saddle on first one the biggest one movement so you have to be disciplined about not swinging
3: yeah
2: so you can really get where you're leaning away from the tree and if you get bored, you can catch yourself going, shifting from one leg to the other leg. Mm-hmm. And if you, that's, that's the piece, you know, where if you're saddle hunting, it you, it goes away mm-hmm. uh, with time, but you just have to think about it. And then the other one is shooting from your offhand side. Yeah. Um, I was actually able to take my first deer from the saddle on the offhand side oh, in nice. Pennsylvania, uh, which was great. Um, it was really neat. I thought they were going to come in from the other way to the bedding area. And this one came in from the downwind side, didn't, didn't catch me or anything. Um, and so I, you know, I was able to flip over, kind of do that step move, you know, where you step across one leg over the other, um, swing out and, and the shoot. Um, I would encourage people to practice that, yeah. um, a lot. Yeah. Um, so I did get that deer a little bit far back, but you know, only ran like, uh, you know, like, uh, uh less than a hundred yards, right. uh, embedded down, but I would say get yourself way more proficient. Uh, I was just lucky that it clipped along.
1: Right. Yeah, no, that was, uh, I saw the pictures from that hunt. I was super stoked when I saw it, especially knowing that you, that you killed it out of the saddle. I didn't know it was on your weak side shot though, which is awesome. And you're right, man. I mean, it's, you will catch yourself swinging early on. It's like, you know, I've hunted out of it now for two seasons to where it's like, I'm, you know, pretty disciplined in it now at the beginning. You definitely do just cause it, it's just like rocking in a chair. It feels good. Right. Just that little bit of movement or whatever feels good. It's, uh, almost like it's, uh, you're, you know, a, a baby's blankie or binky or something like that. Right. It's like, it just, it satiates something that yeah. your body's looking for. Um, and then that offhand shot, that is one that you, you do need to practice, you know, cause it's just, um, the way you get up and over the bridge, it's not hard once you get the footwork down, but it's just like anything else. It's like wrestling or dancing or whatever. It's like, once you understand how to move your feet and your hips, it's easy to do, but it's, uh, it's getting to that point to where you know how to move your feet, you know, intuitively and you don't have to think about it. So yeah, you're right, man. Yeah.
2: And the head game of it all Yeah. leaning away from the tree. Like that's that's a bit of head game at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I'm sure for a lot of people, um, yeah. And one thing too, I found last year, I found some trees with some Y's in it. Mm-hmm. So where one tree was Ying off the other one at like three feet, two feet. If you get that, I set myself in between the two. Yeah. Um, and that was actually really nice because I'd actually like, if I wanted to go deep, I could even lean against the other tree. Yeah. Um. And then, uh, and it actually even gave me some more concealment. So that, that was one of the things too, um, that I did uh, find last year. That was a little trick.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I totally like that. I ended up killing my deer in Iowa in a three trunk tree that split and I was able to get in between all three of them, which was, you know, I was obviously tethered into one and then I had two that were kind of like on each side behind me. And that was like the perfect setup because my back cover was awesome, which meant my front, my front breakup was killer. I just looked like I was part of the tree um you know so it, it it definitely gives you a lot of opportunities and a lot of it a lot of advantages and stuff like that I'm, I'm super stoked that you enjoyed it and glad that you're going to be kind of continuing to use it and uh and i look forward to hearing more stories of of killing out of it for sure so but with that man let me try
2: an elk this year it, there, <laughs> there
1: you go it's I, I, I look man i have a buddy out in montana that i've hunted elk with and he actually asked me the same thing like he sent me a, a note the one day i was like hey he's like you know how do you like your saddle and we talked about it a little bit he's like i'm thinking of using it for hunting over wallows he's like what do you think and i was like dude if if you're gonna hunt a wallow and you're gonna be stationary i was like i don't know why you wouldn't want to be up off the ground to try to help your help your wind and your and your your wind advantage as much as you can you know what i mean that's I like cause that's always the challenging part of hunting over those wallows especially depending on how big it is the time of day and like the thermal draw that the water might have you know i was like you can probably cheat the wind and thermals a little bit more in your favor if you're using that over a wallow versus on the ground. So I think he's actually going to adapt that. So I'll be interested to see what you, uh, what you come up with uh, for that. I hope you kill one out of a saddle. I think you'd be the first one to kill one out of a saddle. Cause I know Greg and Ernie from tethered went and hunted elk and they were in a saddle at different setups last year and just didn't get it done. They had one opportunity and just couldn't seal the deal. Um, so if you did that early season, you might be the very first saddle elk kill. All right, I'm in. Yeah, (laughs) I've got two wallets. Right, awesome. (laughs) Well, with that, man, let's go ahead and turn the page here and jump into talking about some of the stuff that Sitka has uh, has coming out this summer. You know, I always. For me, I think that's start, you know, first for me, I'm always looking for slimmer pack options. I think that's probably with my overall saddle kit to this point has been the thing that I've been kind of jockeying back and forth with the most. And it's probably one of the things that hunters in general and maybe more specifically mobile hunters probably struggle with the most is finding that that right pack to fit the job that they're that they're trying to do. Because it's kind of like the aside from what it is you're going to use to hunt out of. It becomes kind of like the central part of your kit because it's going to either help carry those things in or it's going to carry your extra gear or whatever it is. And having the wrong pack can kind of make for a a miserable existence. And then on the opposite side of things, having the right pack can make all the difference in how efficient you are and how quiet you are and how smooth you are and and your process for getting in and out of the tree. And you guys have right now three killer packs. I used the Fanatic pack last year, but there's three packs if I'm not mistaken, that are coming out this year, and I actually have them here with me so I can look at stuff as you're kind of talking about them. So I want to cover the the biggest one first, just so we're not – so I'm not personally being biased. Let's go from largest pack to smallest pack, and let's start with the – I believe it's the cargo box, right, is what we got new for this year? Yep.
2: So the cargo box is replacing the old pool bucket, which was our stand carry pack, and it is our largest pack. 2200 cubic inches has about 23 uh individual storage compartments, and it got the name cargo box because for people that just carry like a, like to carry a lot in the woods, camera folks uh people that are doing you know self self-film style hunts uh you know that they're doing um stuff that is you, you know they, they just they like to have everything with them and even bigger guys that are carrying like Uh, uh, lots of, uh, you know, larger apparel pieces. That's what the cargo box is for. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what it does now is it breaks apart in a way easier way. So there's one buckle at the top, two load bearing straps, and then two little side clips that come released. And then the whole pack releases from uh, the frame from the main main compartment. And then to put it back together, there's like little reflective cords. So if you're wearing a headlamp, it shines you can see into them really easy. They're reflective on the inside, so they won't mess with the deer, but only you can see them. Uh, And then you can drop uh, those little pieces in and then slide it over the fabric sleeve and run in the reverse order. Um, When you break it apart, there's some orange straps that are for attaching your stand to the frame. The stand basically becomes part of the frame, and then you attach the bag to the stand. Um, And then one of the things I really liked for Saddle hunting is I could run my sticks in the two side wings. So there's these side wings for running sticks. Mm -hmm. And then I nest like the little platform, the tethered platform where on the straps on the back of the pack, the teeth just slide in under the strap. And then I take one strap through and go over the top of like through the ports in the platform. And so I literally can walk up, pop that little buckle, pull my sticks off of the side and get set up and ready to go. Super fast. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, with that, that whole setup, it almost weighs nothing. Yeah. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make
1: compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, when I got it and I was looking at it, I was just like, man, everything is just really well. I mean, with all, all the gear you guys put out, it's always just kind of really well thought out. I mean, the one thing that I noticed, and this is a minute detail, but whenever I looked inside the flaps where you would potentially hang the, hang the sticks, like the one, uh, the one hook, in, like the hooks in there actually have, have metal. Right. And so that's the one thing like you're because you're really trying to tighten those things down so they're not moving and stuff like that. And that's that hook in there is is secured and reinforced with with metal, which I thought was a nice add just because, you know, I've had compression straps in the past that I've tried to tighten down while I was in the timber on things and they were just that you know plastic and they ended up popping off or ended up breaking. Um, So I thought that that was a really nice kind of kind of add to it. And then, you know, just the the foresight to kind of put like, I'm not sure what this material is. It's almost like a Kevlari type of material that's on, inside these flaps. Like that I, will be nice to keep like the abrasion down from the sticks kind of rubbing up against your pack as well, which I thought was a nice add because with that you know, stick kind of rubbing as much movement as you have walking through the timber, it's like obviously have an opportunity to wear, you know, wear a, wear a spot out potentially. But with that in there, I was like, that's really, you know, really smart because it keeps the pack kind of intact and it keeps the integrity of the material and stuff like that, which was cool.
2: Yeah, if you look at those little hypalon areas too, you'll see right behind it is the place to stuff those metal hooks you talked about so mm-hmm. you don't have all the danglies hanging down. Yep. So, And then those hooks you have, like yours is a prototype, so they actually have an extra little lip on them. Uh, I dug that out because they're kind of hard to release on that prototype. Mm-hmm. But for the ones that everybody else listening to this will get, they just slide out, but they, they hold everything very secure. Um, and then there's even like you can drop down the front, so I don't know if you noticed this, but like the top lid now is way easier than they open than the old packs. Yeah. Um so you can actually grab it with one hand and the zippers will slide. So you don't even actually have to unzip it. Uh and it opens up and now there's all like off-the-face concealment for the mesh storage. It's not like the the black that was there anymore. And then the front of the pack will actually drop down. Uh and those are locking the zippers. And the way that works is that lid won't come down on its own. You have to pull on the zipper tab to release it. And then it comes, comes down that way. And there's even like um, a little orange flag that will come out from the inside of the lid. So you can wrap your pack in an orange blaze. So if you're covering, covering your, your orange vest for the way in, especially like PA public land right. stuff, uh, you can, you can have orange around the backside of your pack too as well. And then stuff it away. And we even came out with a reversible pack cover, a rain cover this year. Um, that one side of it's full blaze and one side's optifade. So when you're in the stand, you can hang it on any of the packs uh, with the optifade side out. Or if you're walking in, you put the blaze side out. Um, so uh, you can have concealment for when you need it and safety for when you need
1: it. Right. The other thing I thought was cool, too, is like when I opened it up to look, I mean, the way the the way this, a stand would fit in here is just really slick um, and really secure. And I was even looking at, it, looking at it and I was like, man, if I'm in deep somewhere and I need to quarter up a deer, I was like, I would, I feel like I could quarter up a deer easy and put in this and, and pack it out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I know that it's not, you know, made per se for a Western style pack, but it's like, I, I think the way it's structured, I think you could actually probably pull double duty with this and and, and get that job done too, looking at it.
2: Uh, yeah and i th- I think you'd have to get a little creative with the strapping system
1: yeah um
2: and but there's that little piece of hypalon that comes across the bottom so you could you could nest the quarter uh, and then take some of the stuff into the compartments of the inside yeah. and then just spray out the pack later so yeah, yeah I think I think I wouldn't think anybody couldn't do
1: that. Yeah, because I actually just was curious. I threw like 60 pounds in it last night and, and walked around with it. Just I was curious. It's like, man, I was like, I wonder if I could quarter up a deer and toss in this thing. And then and, and I carried it fine, so it was it it was uh it worked really it worked really slick. So what was kind of the the inspiration for for creating this, or what was the development process for this piece?
2: It, it was really about you know some people just felt like the old uh you know the old toolbox didn't have like enough uh room so uh, you know if i ask like five different hunters what they like i'm going to get probably 12 different answers (laughs) and so the the building a pack program that was allowing people to customize i mean we've got everything from the large capacity pack uh super silent pack so it's like the fanatic pack like you said built all about quiet your generally use pack which is the tool bucket and then this other real small one which we'll go over in a little bit so basically, you can hone in on what's going to work for you and your style of hunting. So the cargo box was all about being able to carry, you know, everything in. We even have straps that like come out of recessed ports so you can strap your your jacket to the top and the bottom of the pack, like a jacket and a bib. So camera people like carrying a lot of camera equipment. Uh, really like that feature. You know, it'll carry a fourth arrow camera arm or yep. or or anything if you're if you're filming hunts. So. Uh, you know, there's, there's lots of little things we were doing. And then even like the, if you want to carry a weapon on the back of the bag, the straps are built with these little triangles. So you can go around the, the grip of a weapon or around the riser of the bow. And then if you look up by the handle, uh, there's a little third strap that comes out and yeah. that can go around your muzzle or around your riser and kind of like the old fanatic, like the fanatic pack ad, yeah. tilt everything, but it's like the third leg to your stool.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, that that uh, that middle strap is always kind of. I always forget about it until like after the season. I'm like, oh man, that would have been great to remember that I have, <laughs> because it's yep. just you know what I mean. It's like because I've strapped like my my bow to my back before, and it, you know, and I've, and I've kind of been walking. And I've been like, man, I just wish I could tighten this thing down just a little bit more. And then it's like the end of the season. I look, I'm like, oh yeah, I got that third strap. I could have used to tighten that thing down and been been good to go. So no, it's I mean. I think, you know, all the stuff that you guys put into this is, is killer for, I mean, especially if you're carrying full length sticks in a stand, it's like, this pack is the, is the workhorse for that. If you're a dude who likes to carry in a, you know, a fair amount of additional gear, you know, like, especially if you're hunting in like a really, really cool weather state, like let's say you're up in like Minnesota or something like that late season. And you don't want to walk in with your bibs on and jacket necessarily. Cause you don't want to get sweated up. Like this is the thing that will haul all that stuff for you in into to where you can take a stand, take sticks, take your layers, you know, the, in, in, in really cold temperatures and have the space you need to kind of take all your essentials along with all the other gear. Um, this there's just a really well thought out pack, um, you know, for for that application. So I think that's a, I, the next one I got sitting here, Chris is the tool bucket. So this, I really dig. And it's like, for me, it's like, I see a use case for me. Cause I go pretty light and pretty minimal. For me, this one would probably be the pack that I would use whenever I'm filming as it gets as it does get later into the season. Cause I still even later in the season, I don't take a whole lot with me. But I typically need like a little bit more space than I need um versus earlier in the season. And for me, this one kind of fits me well as far as being able to carry my platform. Um I, I throw my sticks over my shoulder on like a little caddy that I built. Um, but it allows yeah, me to take any yeah, it allows me to take like my um all of my camera gear all my necessities it allows me to strap my ghillie jacket to it you know so for me this one is like whenever i can't hunt you know as light as i would like to during the early season and i need just a little bit more room maybe for a layer maybe for my camera gear or whatever this is really the pack that i saw for me personally where i was like man this kind of checks all the boxes it's very much like a a really convenient day pack so just i guess break us down on the specs and what's uh what's new about this one
2: so, uh, we, you know, we learned a lot of things as we introduced stuff and like the bucket style is, is the, all our packs, uh, are essentially designed with, like kind of a bucket concept. Mm-hmm. So they kind of hang from the tree, from the lid. And what you can do is you can organize your gear in some specialized departments. So it's got even things for like, you know, if you have an ozone generation unit, I've got special, uh, areas for you to keep your, um, your snips and your saw you know things like that if you're clearing limbs, um and so with this pack uh we want to install some of the other stuff so the, the design of the back is got uh, a little bit more of a breathable with some channels to be able to do airflow uh you can now like lower the lid just like on that cargo box um mm-hmm. if, you, if you want to or raise it back up uh, it now has where you can carry your 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 jacket and your bib on the outside if you want to um, and then has the blaze strap. Um, and then also on this pack and the cargo box, um, on this pack, you can run like paracord on the cargo box. I'd run thicker cord,
3: mm-hmm. but
2: if you're running paracord for pulling your bag up, um, you'll see that semicircle zipper on the top of the lid. Yep. Um, if you've ever done rock climbing, you've seen the rope bags where you just stuff the rope back in and you kind of stack it on top of itself. If you take your paracord and stuff it into that semicircle zipper and tie the the inside end off, there's like a little hidden loop. Um, what you can do is you can close that, that, uh, that zipper. Um, and on the yours, it's, it's okay. On bulk production, it's way better. Mm-hmm. But when you climb up the tree, it will pull the rope out as you climb. So it doesn't get hung up on any sticks on the ground. So, you know, sometimes if you pile up your, your rope on the ground, yep. you'll come up like halfway up the tree. And all of a sudden you got like a six foot stick that you didn't realize was there in the dark. Yep. And none of that. So it kind of pulls up. And then when you just get up there, you pull it up and it's tied off on the inside of the bag. Nice. So that, that was just like a little trick for my order of operations. I added in into it, which I, I've really liked using this,
1: this yeah. past year. Yeah. That's pretty slick, man. What's the, there's, there's two, there's two straps that come out that come out of the bottom of the lid. What are those for they're they have metal uh, they're, they're re, uh, reinforced with metal
2: yeah so those hooks go if you look up towards the handle there's mm. the uh, there's two little pieces of gray webbing got it yep. um you can hook those hooks in that gray webbing and it's just like a sleeping bag roll on a regular got backpack yep. that's where you could wrap your jacket up cool and or your bits up
1: sweet. Yeah, man, this is I was really excited whenever I saw this because it's it, it, immediately I, I thought of I, multiple uses for me. Like one, I just kind of talked about how I would potentially use it to hunt, you know, it would be that, you know, later season <clears throat> for me when I do need to carry an extra layer or, or whatever the case is going to be. Um, and then the other one is actually a great day pack just for scouting, because the one thing that drives me crazy on like packs that I've used in the past whenever I'm scouting is they all ride kind of low right like they like the straps ride kind of low and on this one it actually rides a little higher up on my back which i like it keeps it off my off my belt line which is which is nice um and just kind of like sits tighter to my to my back because it feels like it might be i don't know if it's a little shorter or if the straps just kind of hold it up a little higher but it just seemed like way more convenient for for scouting because it just it sits on my body type a little better than other packs that i've had in the past so i don't know if there's any accuracy to that or just the way it maybe feels for me
2: Well, I mean, we work with some really great pack uh, developers that that, that develop um, packs for, uh, you know, back, you know, world class climbers. Right. Um, And so that's the way that we take a look at it. And even like um, on the the shoulder strap, I I put a special pocket for a wind indicator because I want everything accessible with for the user to be able to walking in the stand. It'll be slightly different than the one on yours. Uh, it's better at containment for both, mm-hmm. but the, uh, uh, it comes in and basically I can walk in, I stick my wind indicator and I always like to keep everything. So I don't forget it in my pack because right. I, I have, have walked in, climbed up in my tree and then got everything loaded up and where's my release.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was my first hunt this year, man. My first hunt this year, I got to the tree and I was like. No release. I was all the way up, set up, <laughs> ready to roll, and uh, had no release. So that always happens to me at the beginning of the year. I usually have to take, like, a couple, like, at least one or two, like, dry run hunts, like, on of properties of no consequence just to get, like, the stupid stuff I'll miss out of the way. That way I'm ready to kill. By, like, the third hunt, I'm good to go. But the first one's usually always a unmitigated <laughs> disaster. But <laughs>
2: <laughs> It is a true cluster the very first time of the year. out. Was... Yeah. Yeah. If if that goes off really well, I always feel really happy and excited. Yeah, yeah,
1: time, so. yeah. <laughs> I, I I look at it the ov- the opposite. I'm like, man, if that went well, man, this is all going to go downhill real quick Is it because <laughs> something's wrong with the world. But uh, so let's well, move on. I was
2: kind of joke. I'm I'm not. Oh,
1: go ahead. No, go go ahead. I, go ahead. Finish.
2: Oh, I am saying I was kind of joke because I'm kind of like that all year because i'm always trying new things because of my job right so i always kind of say i'm like a rolling crap show because like half the time i'm like oh that's in this other pack that i had set aside over here that i was using yesterday or i get up in the sand and i'm like changing jackets which nobody in the world would do and so i've literally had deer blow out from behind me because i'm doing something for work and i'm like well I mean, I chalked that up to the job,
1: <laughs> right? Right. I'm
2: like, I would have never done that if I was an actual hunter, right? The, in this uh, case,
1: well, see, that just makes the case to to explain to your wife why you need at least like five of everything. That way, you can at least have one of everything in each pack you might <laughs> need to take, right? So that there's your argument. It's for work, you know. It's it's it's, it's the career choice, you know. Um, but with that, <laughs> let's move on to the to the to the next pack here. And this one, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and be biased. Like this one. I got super excited about it, even when I had first seen like the pictures of it, and then when I got it in my hand, I was like, "It was love at first sight." Not gonna lie. Um, so it's it is the I'm trying to I'm trying to remember the name because this one this one's a little it's a tool belt I think is what it's called is that is that correct?
2: That is correct. It is the tool belt, and that's your run and gun style pack uh, minimalist, uh, or but you don't have to be a minimalist if you don't want to be this pack so um, it is 600 cubic inches um, but with the removable stuff stack that goes onto this thing um, it allows you to pack your layers in for cold weather season so what i really like about it is you can run in if you want to bring in your bibs and your jacket or bring in your you know your stratus and your celsius midi jacket in you can put those in the stuff stack Uh, You can climb up, you can put them on, and then you can take this pack off. And you've now got, like, this tiny little profile in the stand. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also, like, the belt. I don't know if you've seen how the belt of this thing, but it's built like the cargo box. Yeah. So it actually has the chassis to carry your hip. It's not like a crappy little hip belt pack. It's actually the belt for, like, a load hauling pack on a hip pack.
1: That was the first thing I noticed and when so I put, when just- I, when I, when I put it on, it was, it was, um, I mean like the load, like the the, the cha- most challenging thing I think when you hunt mobile, right. And you're moving a lot is, you know, no matter what gear you're taking, you, no matter how small amount it is, if it's in a pack, like eventually like you're, you know, at, at times like your shoulders will get tired depending on how much you have in it, depending on how you have it situated, like all, all those things. Unless you have like a good, you know, hip belt, right. That kind of keeps the load on your hips. So you're actually supporting that weight with your strongest muscles, with your glutes and your, and your, and your legs. Right. And as soon as I put this one on, I was like, yes, like perfect. You know, cause that's the one thing that always bothers me is like when I'm hiking in and doing as much scouting and moving as I do is like my shoulders end up getting slightly tired. And I ain't going to lie. Like when I got this, like all my gear right now is currently in it. Everything I would take for a hunt, like if I could, I could leave for a hunt right now after you and I got done talking and throw this thing in the truck and it has everything in it that I would need. Um, Which is just, which is just killer. I mean, I've got a camera in it. I've got a GoPro in it. I actually have a small camera arm, like one of those, you know, ones that look very much maybe like a, uh, you know, like a lone wolf custom gear camera arm, something like that slid in that little, that little slit that's underneath the pack that is built for either like, you know, you can either use it for a small camera arm, or you can use it for you know a, a bow hanger, or whatever the case is. Tons of pockets on the inside. A Little wind checker on the belt on the belt uh, on the belt on the right side where you can stuff some like milkweed in it or something like that, so you can check the the wind as you're walking in, or if you're using a puffer bottle, whatever the case is. Like this one here was just really well thought out, and I love the fact that that like expandable pack on it on the top is removable because it gives you a lot of options right like for me it's like yeah i'd maybe use it sometimes sometimes not because i may end up throwing this on my hip and then my predator pack with my you know predator in it and go and go with those two things and and roll you know what i mean just depending on what the setup is and this thing is just really multiple and that's what i like like about it but i didn't mean to cut you off just i got really excited about the features so i want i wanted to jump in (laughs)
2: No, I think it's great because you are now dealing, like looking at it the first time and you're figuring like what that sleeve was for the bottom and like perfect style, like with a short camera arm, you can totally put it in there. Um, there's also a couple little tricks too, like with that removable pack, I don't know if you noticed like one of the, one side of the piece that touches the top of the pack is brown and one is gray. I
1: did notice That's that. That's so
2: you don't put it on backwards.
1: Oh, awesome. So I was wondering why that was different colors. A couple of when I was
2: developing this, yep, that's why it's different colors because I would put it on backwards. Yeah. And so now, you know, brown goes to brown, gray goes to gray, and then if you look on the sides of the pack, you'll see surface-mounted um, uh, surface mounted buckles, mm-hmm. and those were where the shoulder straps snap into right on the side. Mm-hmm. And there's one little trick, too. If you pop that thing off, you see the little wire gate buckles. Yep. So if the pack's separate from this, um, there are wire gate buckles that are inside of, of uh, there, and you can run the straps of the shoulder pack through the wire gate buckles and then cro- close the wire. And if you do that, that little stuff pack becomes its own little like like uh, running gun little style pack that's just like a little mesh stuff pack. Right. Yeah. You don't even need to attach it to the
1: pack. Oh, that's awesome! I didn't notice that. That's killer. That would be. Man, that's actually great for. I'm not gonna lie. Like, that's actually even an even better scouting scouting pack, especially a summer scouting pack where it's like maybe you're gonna take like two cameras and like a you know like a pair of pruners or something like that. Like, real light, right? Like, you're not taking a lot, and you just throw it in this thing and, it, and roll. That's that's awesome. And then you have like the yeah, and and both the uh, the uh, the the cargo box. I think right is that's that's what it's called. Yeah, the cargo box and this pack. in in the, in the, in the tool belt have little kind of pouches on the side that you could use for, you know, whether you have pouches on the side of your saddle or not, if you don't, you could use these to, you know, put your ropes in and, and so forth to kind of carry those in or a bottle of water or whatever the case is. And those are removable, which I thought was really, really smart. Like to make those removable that way, if you don't need them and you don't want them, you can remove them. But if you need a little extra space for some reason, you can snap them in and you're good to go.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We want to take them off because the reason I made a removable is like the great tea, bottle, tea bottle debate. Um, (laughs) so one side for your water bottle, one side for your Gatorade bottle, everybody else that pees off the tree stand, uh, and wants to fight the other guy in your hunting club because he peed off the tree stand that you're hunting the next day. And, you know, so there's always that kind of like that healthy dialogue going on, whether or not that's a problem or not. Well now you get to customize it for your, for your own, uh, for your own end you Right, yeah, you should have so color-coded. That's, co- that's kind of why they're... Re-
1: right, I was going to say, you should have <laughs> color-coded those. That could, could lead to catastrophe. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: but, yeah, it could be. It's like, oh, I have my lemonade
1: today. Oh, right. Lord, oh, oh no, 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 Sunday. that wasn't. Yeah, but no, man, I think this pack is really well thought out. And for me, like, you know, saddle hunters out there listening, you know, if, if you're a lightweight kind of um, streamlined person, and, you know, because I know for me, it's like I've struggled... The past two years, you know, really trying to figure out what pack to run, like, cause I don't want too much. And then, you know, and, and once I saw this, I was like, this is kind of my solution that will probably get me with the way I streamlined my gear this year, I streamlined my layering system. Like I could probably hunt if I really, really wanted to, I could probably hunt all the way through late season with just this pack. Um, and and that was really exciting to me because that was the probably the biggest thing that I struggled with every year was just trying to figure out the right kind of pack situation to go. The Fanatic pack worked great last year. It was super quiet. Um, you know, but even still, I was looking at, like, it was more packed than I really needed still. You know what I mean? Like, it just had more space than I needed. I mean, it worked great, super quiet, loved it, fit everything in it I needed. But this thing here just kind of takes the cake, man. Like, I was super stoked to see this and just how multiple and versatile it is. Um, and like I said, I already put every piece of my gear in it. Like I could literally pick it up and roll out of here right now and go to a tree and have everything I need. And it's a super small profile. So is there any, what was the inspiration for this? Like, where did this kind of the Genesis come from? Cause I mean, I've seen other fanny pack kind of, you know, waste pack, you know, packs in the past that where I just wasn't like super impressed with where this one was just, you know, in my opinion it was next level.
2: Well, it, it, was the, it was the run and run minimalist where you didn't have to be a minimalist. So one of the problems with hip packs, normal hip packs, is they either get too big or there's they don't have enough to be able to get. So you run out of the rhythm and you can't use them all. Single. So that's the issue is like when it got like I've run some hip packs and I'm like, but crap, what do I do with my my jacket? Because I've got to walk in like 500 yards. or you know a half mile and and so i'm like rolling it under one sleeve and like it just wasn't i had all this stuff going on and so the good thing is is like if you're gonna buy one pack and you like the minimalist style but you can make it grow with you as your season needs or as your hunt needs go and then you can shrink it back down once you get up in the tree
3: yeah
2: you're back to the minimalist and you can even one little trick too i don't know if you wear it. If you've seen this, but you can open the lid two different ways. I did. So see while that, yeah. wearing it, the lid opens away from you and shuts with magnets and then you can open it back up and hang it from the lid. So I like to take mine off and like, but like, if you're like somebody that wants your pop tarts, uh, you know, right there in front of you, you can eat your pop tarts and your tree stand <laughs> and you know, all your beef jerky and, and your dip can for right. all the
3: folks that, yep.
2: that do that type of stuff that have that all that. It's all there if you want it. Yeah. Um, that, you, there's, there's less, we tried to solve all the problems with the minimalist
3: mindset.
1: Yeah, no, I love that. And I noticed that like when I took the, like this bag on top that expands is like, you can put a lot of stuff in this thing. Like, so you're right. I mean, you could use it as long as you wanted to in the season. You can fit tons of stuff in it. And when I was running it just as a hip, uh, as a, as like a waist belt, um, if I needed something out of it, I could just rotate it around me and boom, all my stuff's right in front of me and I'm literally have it on like a fanny pack. And then if once I was done, I just pushed it right back around me. And so it's just, I mean, it's just super convenient, man. You know, it's just, it, it I could I couldn't think of a scenario where it wouldn't work for me. And that's kind of how I look at gear. I try to look at stuff and say, what is the situation where this will fail? Like when it won't work the way I need it to work, right? And that's kind of how I try to choose my gear. Not how will it help me? Because, but how, when's it going to fail me? Because if it's going to fail me in too many places then it may not be the right fit and for this thing it's like i couldn't figure out where and when i wouldn't what where and when it wouldn't fit what i needed to do um so that's it's definitely going to be in my in my arsenal this year so is there anything that we missed with the packs before we move on because there's a couple other things that you guys did this year that i want to get to
2: Yeah, I mean, I got the reversible pack cover. I admit that the one thing I want to say on the tool belt Mm -hmm. is it will carry antlers or most antlers too. Mm -hmm. So there's two straps on the bottom for your main beam. You can run like your G2s through these little straps on the sides, and then you can nest your tines together. I won't say it works with every set of antlers, um, but most sets of antlers I've been able to get to fit outside the pack. So if you like to have real antlers and you want to use it during the rut, you can pack in your antlers on the back of the pack nice. and you don't
3: have to carry them.
1: separately. Yeah. I did see those straps, but I didn't even think of putting antlers in there, but that's, that's a great ad. That's awesome. Mine are pretty that's small. because <laughs> mine, mine are pretty small because they're from Pennsylvania. So mine'll fit just fine. Which, no problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, all right, so let's move on to the next. So the other thing that I know you guys are, um, that, that you worked on, you know, I think one of the things I think I've mentioned previously that I appreciate about what you guys do at Sitka, you know, is you're always kind of thinking about, you know, how are how are you guys helping the hunter get an advantage? Whether it's like, you're looking to help them be more mobile or whatever the case is, you know, whether you're looking at layering systems and helping, you know, hunters be able to be as streamline but still be warm by building the right layering systems or whatever whatever the case is. You know, one of the things that I that might be one of the small things maybe in your opinion that that you guys did or might get overlooked maybe by the general public that I thought was a big deal for me was was the beanie. The way you guys adapted both the Stratus and the Fanatic beanie because if anyone's ever hunted cold weather and wore a beanie and you think you're starting to hear deer or you're just paranoid you're going to miss something you flip the, you flip the beanie up over your ears, expose your neck, expose your ears, especially on cold days. It really sucks. Right. And there's no other way around it. Cause you need to be able to hear and you were losing that hearing with the beanie over your, you guys developed something this year, or are putting this out this year, that is a bit of a solution to that. So if you wouldn't mind, talk to me a little bit about these, these hearing ports and, and, and where that came from.
2: Yeah. So uh, you're spot on like the, um, uh, it's, it's moved into several products this year. Um, the new Stratus jacket, Stratus beanie, the fanatic beanie, the women's fanatic jacket, and, um, also, uh, uh, the, um, women's fanatic beanie. So all of these items have, uh, our new hearing ports in it. And it's not like we just stuck uh, mesh holes in a hood or a beanie. Um, I hate, I hate a hood. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, there are, I, I just won't do it. I'll go with the beanie. Um, And so one of the things, like whenever I put on a hood, I felt like I was losing half of my ability to be a hunter because I couldn't hear things coming. Um, And I know a lot of people complain that. And I do the flip up, flip down thing, you know, as long as I could stand it when it's extra cold. And so we set out what's called on the end user hearing project. And so, you know, we did really quiet with the Fanatic uh, last year. And I wanted to thank, like, how can we make hunters have a better experience um, in the woods with being able to hear deer coming while still staying comfortable? So I worked with James Black, who's an acoustic engineer. Uh, he's the same person i worked with on the Fanatic. Okay. And he and I brought de- leaves back from Georgia and dirt back from Georgia, like in a box. And we brought it to a sound studio and we actually simulated a deer hook, crushing the leaves to get the actual frequency <laughs> that that makes. Um, and then we took that and gore has a whole group at at gore that specializes in end user hearing and you're like what they make apparel well it hmm. would gore doesn't just make apparel gore like your iphone you can drop it in the water now, right and right. it doesn't doesn't ruin the phone anymore and your even your like headlights on your car will have um gore material in them a lot of times because that's the heat up They've got to let vapor out. But then when you don't want water going in, fogging up your headlight or causing your phone or your you know your earbuds to ruin, I've washed my earbuds and not, you know haven't ruined them. And the reason that is is because of that GORE material. So GORE's got a whole group that specializes in end-user hearing. And there's actually a, an instrument there. It's called a, a head and torso simulator. And that looks like a human head. Same thing you'd put like in a BMW if you're trying to like understand like what the in what's going on with acoustics inside of that uh car and it's got a an ear on it that simulates a human ear and so what we could do is we could take all these different textile insulation packages and actually figure out what was going to be the most acoustically transparent and so we went through like a bunch of different textile packages and honed in on like a double or full polar tech alpha and then james took that into an algorithm And essentially, calculate the fanatic hood, or excuse me, the stratus hood. If you were to compare it to the old one, will allow you to hear gear four times as far. That means, like, you could hear it at twenty yards in the old hood. Well, guess what? Eighty yards in the new hood, or it's going to be three times as loud at the same distance. So you can hear better if you heard something at the
3: same distance. So
2: that's really what we were trying to focus in on. Is now if I do have to put my hood up. And I sat in the tree stand a lot. Like I told you, I'm a total mess in the tree (laughs) stand. Well, guess what I was doing last season? I was literally taking different beanies, different hoods, and putting them on throughout the hunt and listening to squirrels running around. Mm -hmm. And that's how I was validating what we were seeing in the lab with what was going on in the field. So literally I'd have like seven or eight different types of hoods with the different packages we were looking through and would put those on and listen to the squirrels running around to try and like hone in with uh, how that was validating what I was seeing in the lab. And, you know, so that, that's really what we were focused in on trying to do.
1: That's crazy, man. I mean, the, 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 extent that you guys go through to, to validate this stuff in like in the real world is just, in, is, is incredible, man. And I mean, and it's, and I actually have the Stratus jacket here in my hand right now looking at it. And I'm a guy like you where it's like, I don't particularly like, the hood and I wore this around in my house for as long as I could because it was hot out the one day and the hood is, is super comfortable and it, and it doesn't cut my vision off and I can hear much better in it, you know? And for me, it's like, I love the fanatic stuff, but the, but I have a place in my heart for the strata stuff just because it is a little bit lighter weight. Right. And, and, and just a little bit more streamlined. And for me, like those earlier season hunts when it's like, I get like a little bit of nip, where I don't need the fanatic, you know, vest yet or whatever. It's like, this is the thing that's going to be in my arsenal for that because it kind of fits that mold of still being lightweight yet warm. It's got wind stopper in it. So you don't have to worry about, you know, if it's a little bit of a blustery day or whatever the case is. And now that the hood is, is functioning the way we would all like a hood to function with like the hearing ports and, and the way it's cut and stuff like that, man, it's, you know, I think I can roll in with like a baseball cap now. And if I need a, if I need the hood, it's there. And it's removable too. it's like it, it comes yeah. off and you know so it's like if you don't want it, you can you can take it off as off as well. And then you guys also added in some stuff specifically for for folks hunting out of tree stands too, right?
2: Yeah, so um one I have a personal passion for this one. I know somebody that fell out of a tree stand and broke a neck and spent mm-hmm. track the month in traction and so I one of the things like when you're wearing like a tr- traditional shoulder mounted harness tether. Um, you typically, if you want to do things the right way, you have to, uh, take off your lineman's rope, throw it around the tree, disconnect your shoulder, harness tether, run it through a harness board or put on your jacket. You know, uh, you know, it, if you can't wear a hood, if you don't have a harness board, right. Cause it'll be running out the side of your face or rubbing the backside of your neck. And so I wanted to figure out a way to allow people to, uh, don and off their jackets, uh, or take on and take off their jackets. Without disconnecting their shoulder mounted harness tether. So, we came up with a constant connect safety harness board. And what this uh, essentially allows you to do is the back of the collar around the back of your neck has a slide to lock. It's not one that you just grab, rip open. You actually kind of like slide it away from itself. It opens up. Then you can hook that around your tether, lock it back up with the stratus. You just snap one side of the hood again. And then you can put on your jacket. So, if you're taking them on and off, you don't have to disconnect that harness tether and i'm telling you after using this for the past two and a half years i'm gonna tell you when i don't have it i actually get angry mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> because it's like oh i'm just so used to doing this because now because i would literally all the time be disconnecting from the tree
3: mm-hmm.
2: running it through and then reconnecting and that's when i'm moving around i'm like man that's the point that i could possibly fall right and so i wanted to develop a solution for
1: that that's awesome man i mean i saw that right away and i was just like man for for dudes that are are using harnesses and hunting out of stands i mean this this is like you know like you gotta have it right either that or it's you're really taking a risk and changing changing out your gear when you're when you're in in the tree and it's just it's it's really smart um and the thing I was checking too was just like the sound of the snap and there, because it's a slide, there isn't any, you know what I mean? It's like, you just add there's a little, no sound. yeah, you just add a little pressure and you slide it and there's, there's literally no sound. So you're not getting like the snapping sound that you would typically get, you know, which is, which is really smart. And that's also, I'm holding now the, the fanatic vet, or I'm sorry, I'm holding now the stratus stratus vest, which also has that included that, that same feature. Now, is that, is that something that's gonna? Is that in a bunch of different articles this year? Is it, or is it just the vest and the the jacket right now, or is it in in fanatic series as well, or what lines is this in? It's in
2: the fanatic series, yeah. So okay. uh, you know, as we update uh, a lot of things, we're we getting some and, uh, we working that in. It's it's a patented system, um,
1: cool.
2: and you know, it's it's just just it's just one way that we can make things a little bit better. And then the Stratus also now is available in Blaze or EV2. Yep. So if you want, if you're like Wisconsin and you need, you know, full blaze jacket, or if you want like to wear a vest now, but you don't want another vest to put on top, you can actually have a vest with windstopper protection. Yep. So the Stratus vest, you can actually get in blades now.
1: Nice. And then the other thing that's really smart too, going back to this, uh, this little port for, uh, for, for harnesses, it actually has, uh magnets in there as well that hold it shut that way there's not like a loop letting air in either where the where the where the slide snap is which is really smart because that's the one thing you would use to uh, at least whenever i used to wear them back in the day you would kind of get this little bit of wind in those in those areas and this uh kind of mitigates that because it holds the fabric together which is really smart
2: yeah yeah those those magnets all like work as a system and, and yep. flush up there's like a series of them um, yeah. And then there's even a grunt tube on the shoulder of the jacket and the best budget grunt tube holder. The yep. so one of our, uh, field testers came and was like, I wear the Stratus in the rat. I got no place to put my grunt tube. Uh, I want this on the jacket. I'm like, you know what, you got a perfectly valid point. So it sits up on your shoulder out of the way. Um, and one thing I did use this for last year, you know, if you're not comfortable, like grunting with your mouth to stop a running deer um, you can actually leave it right there. And I've done this on full draw. You can reach over and grunt, uh, while at full draw. (laughs) So if you got one running, you need to stop, you can actually crane your neck over, um, and, and grunt right out at full draw and be able to use it. Um, you know, most people are comfortable just making the the noise themselves, Yeah, but if you're not, it is available for you to you
1: nice yeah i noticed that and i was i was actually wondering that i was like man i was like i wonder if i can stick that grunt tube in there and just like hit it without moving you know what i mean just move my head and hit it and then it has a little clip has a little hook there too which i was actually just running my my uh uh, my cord from my grunt tube through that and then into that way if it slipped that way if i dropped it it didn't fall or whatever the case was is that what is that what it's there for is it is that little hook or a little loop there for something else
2: it's for your lanyard on your grunt too.
1: Yeah. Okay, cool. Awesome, man. Well, is there anything else that, that was everything that I wanted to cover as far as gear, is there anything that we missed or anything that might be upcoming that you want to make mention of? And you know, when are these, when are these things going to hit the stores for people to be able to pick up?
2: Yeah. Uh, real quickly, um, I'll hit like Equinox midi Pants is a great mid layer pants, like layering. It's like core heavyweight on steroids. Mm -hmm. And then, I'm sure there's a few women are out there like, Hey, what about me? What You guys came out with the fanatic last year and you didn't update the women's fanatic. And that's because we just don't take the men's and do what's right and, and do the women's uh, based off that form. We actually right. brought a team and this women's needs more work and time around it. So a group of women led by Erica Tavermina, uh, a bunch of our ambassadors um, came together. What actually a, a person that was a consumer that com- came to our customer service team that actually said, Hey, I got this problem and you need to solve. And I'm like, perfect. You're on the still test group. Her name's Marie Sturgis, And she, um, basically what happened is if you were a guy, right? right. And let's say you're over a greenfield and you see deer across the field and, but you got to use the restroom. You can't hold it. Basically we just can go into a Gatorade bottle uh, Tree, right, right? What women had to do is they have to climb down out of the tree and interrupt the hunt, basically disrobe to take bibs and a jacket it off uh, and dump all their heat. So in the hiking world, there's these devices that are called like Tinkle Bell or Go Girl. Uh, mm-hmm. And what they can do is basically stand just like a guy. Mm-hmm. And so what we built is actually a bottom system from a boy short to like a mid layer to the outer layer. And those allow women to be able to use uh, those aftermarket relief devices. Um, and then it has all of the same quiet features as the men's, but a special com- pocket configuration that's ideal for women. Uh, there's actually more insulation in the back, stick a ground shield insulation in the back of the jacket, in the bib, uh, an extra vent in women, since a lot of women, like my wife, wear it when it's 50 degrees and they're gonna walk in and, and it, mm-hmm. they don't care. I'm cold, I wanna go. Right. So that that's kind of why the women's came out a year later is we wanted to get that system built, uh, a system solved by women for women. Right.
1: Yeah. No, that's smart. I mean, it's you know they they have different needs. It's funny you mentioned that uh, uh, bathroom aftermarket apparatus. My wife actually uses something similar when we travel because uh, not because she can't take her pants down, but because she doesn't want to have to touch things in public restrooms like along rest stops and stuff like that. And so she uses those that way. It's like maybe we're traveling somewhere where there aren't a reps rest stops. She can go outside along the side of the car. Just like I can, you know what I mean? Or doesn't have to touch anything when she goes into the restroom or whatever. So those things are pretty slick, man. That's, that's cool that you guys kind of came up with a solution to be able to utilize those and, and, and provide that. Cause that would be a, that would be a pain if I had to take off all my stuff every time I wanted to go to the bathroom. Cause it just say the coffee runs through me in the morning frequently in the in the Whitetail Woods. So.
2: Yeah, and uh, in the COVID world, I, that's one thing I hadn't even thought about. So that's a pretty smart idea.
1: So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, man, when is this stuff uh, hitting the stores? Where where can people find it? When can they find it uh, so they can hit the hit the stores and pick up some of these pieces?
2: Uh, so uh, everything comes out uh, on July tenth except for the women's will be a little bit closer to the cold weather season since it's the fanatic. So, uh, September or October is when you should see those. Um, so, uh, you know, everything should be live on our website and then retail stores. If you want to go see your local retailer, uh, tons of experts be there to be able to help you out. Like I like said, it's on our website. If you want to learn about, there'll be videos on the pack on how to use them, uh, cause they are fairly complex packs. Um, and so you want to be able to get the use out of them. I would definitely encourage people to go watch those videos and then always feel free to call our customer service team. Every one of those people hunt in there and they're all um, very good at what they do. Um, yeah. So uh, you can call customer service and they will
1: help you out. Awesome. And then, of course, you know, the website is uh, SitkaGear.com, right, where we want to send people? Absolutely. SitkaGear.com. Awesome. Well, brother, I appreciate you coming on, man. I always look forward to this. That we we just need to make this like a yearly thing because I always get geeked out. Like this all this kind of triggers. Like I said at the beginning, my uh, beginning of my my deer season um, is whenever I start talking about some new gear and actually start putting some camo pieces on and thinking about my gear. So I appreciate you uh, getting me all jazzed up for deer season. Let's make this an annual thing where we come on and we talk gear and see what's new each year. And uh, I hope your hunts are good this year. I hope I hope at some point we get to run into each, each other face to face at some point and uh and and hang out once we have the the post covid world maybe we share a beer or something like that which would be nice but uh other than that man you have yourself a good one good luck this deer season and uh let's stay in touch
2: Absolutely yeah we'll have to hunt together sometime
1: Yeah hey, you don't have to twist my arm but thanks man I'll talk to you soon All right, folks, that is a wrap for today's show. I'd like to thank all of you for listening. And if you haven't yet, please head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And hell, while you're at it, head over to YouTube and give us a subscribe there as well. I'll be super appreciative if you do those couple things for me. And before I shut this thing down, I need to give a big shout-out to our partners who continue to help us make this podcast possible. Tethered, Exodus Outdoor Gear, Skull Brew Coffee Company, and Gumleaf USA Boots. And until next time... We'll see y'all.